1: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
0: Welcome to Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Sean Moran of Sean Mo Hoops. Sean, it's been a minute since we've had you on the podcast, man. Hope everything's going all right for you, though. Yeah, everything
1: is going well. I think last time I was on, we were recapping the uh, USA U18 tryouts, and uh, obviously that turned into a gold medal winning performance for the U18 team. And Kobe White, even though he wasn't starting for the majority of games, uh, had quite a tournament and I think ended up as the, the leading scorer.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, and when you're talking about Kobe White, scoring is definitely (laughs) one of the things that that you're going to be mentioning a lot about, but that does kind of put it into perspective that it's been just a little while since we've been able to talk, and since then, uh, probably one of the biggest events for Carolina fans has been the start of the NBA Summer League. Myself and Ross Martin talked about that in a podcast last week and before we started, you actually mentioned that you were on hand at the Las Vegas Summer League and got to catch Theo Pinson's game, right?
1: Yeah, I got to see. I was there the first weekend, uh, so the the Saturday, Sunday, Monday of the Vegas tournament. Uh, so one of the games I got to watch was one of Theo's, and he played very well in, in the game I got to see. I think he ended up finishing with 16 points and Five rebounds and and had a few steals and blocks and you know the game I saw he he had three of five from the three point line he ended up going eleven of twenty six from the line uh, shooting forty two percent over over five games and the one thing I was I, I first saw he, he caught the ball and just stepped in and and knocked it down and didn't have I know as UNC fans over the four years saw a lot of. Anytime he would jump up, tended to fade, fade back, and this was kind of a Theo just jumping straight up, straight down, just went right in, and it looked like it was second, second nature to him. But uh, you know, he played well, and for me, this is probably one of the I think fourth year or so I've been to the summer league, and it's always interesting to watch. You know, a lot of the guys that I saw in the high school ranks, um, you know, now they're playing in summer league and at, at different stages. So I mean, you had. Rashad Vaughn and Cliff Alexander who were in Theo's class and they left after their freshman year and they're still kind of hanging around trying to find their place in the NBA. And then you have, you know, Joel and Theo who are four year players and and now just getting getting their start. So it's always interesting to kind of see a lot of the guys you saw in high school and and how they're they're currently doing.
0: Yeah, and that kind of leads me to One of the main topics that I wanted to kind of pick your brain about, Sean, was just how difficult it is for players to really stick in the NBA because over the games, we saw two Tar Heels in particular, Justin Jackson and then Tony Bradley perform pretty well. And I think that their positions on their respective teams are set. But for guys like Theo, it it is still very much up in the air. And even though Theo's performances, I thought, were... Probably more than what a lot of scouts expected. I have not heard of anyone really signing him to a dedicated NBA contract. I think he maybe signed a two way deal, or am I thinking of someone else?
1: I don't think he's signed a two way deal yet. I would imagine that he should definitely be getting a a training camp look, kind of like Kennedy Meeks got last year with the Raptors, you know, potentially getting signed, but. I would anticipate him at least getting a two-way contract where you're guaranteed kind of a higher G League salary than everybody else in the G League and you have up to 40 days to play in the NBA. I think he played very well in the in the summer league and I know he got a lot of workouts uh, before the draft and he he didn't end up getting drafted but just given the number of workouts he got obviously a lot of teams are aware of him and what he did at, at Carolina and kind of the versatility he can bring but you know it is it is very difficult and you see a lot of talented players that we saw in high school and and now they're playing either on the two-way contracts or in the G League or you know after kind of a year or two or three years of kind of fluctuating in and out of the NBA they decide to go overseas so it'll be pretty interesting to see what happens to both Theo and, and Joel and the teams that they may or may not end up with um and same with with tony bradley who was a first round pick last year and pretty much spent most of his his rookie year in the g league and played well in the summer league so to see um if he's able to kind of carve out a a roster spot with the jazz this year
0: and as far as going to to europe goes i mean it used to be I almost feel like a negative on a player if you had to go to Europe. But over the years, just in my opinion, the circumstances there have changed where now you have very competitive leagues in Europe and in the rest of the world. And you have players that frankly would probably surprise some people to hear the names a couple of tar heels actually just decided to go and sign deals abroad i think it was marcus page and who was the other one again sean uh james michael mcadoo that's right and then which teams did they end up signing for sean because i know it was in two different countries but (laughs) that's about all i can remember right now (laughs)
1: Yeah, so Marcus Page signed in Serbia with the top or one of the top teams in in Serbia, BC Partizan Biograd, which I probably mispronounced. And then James Michael McAdoo signed in Italy with Torino, which has a lot of familiar names, with Larry Brown taking the head coaching spot this year, and former UNC sharpshooter Dante Calabria coming over to their team as an assistant coach. So a lot of UNC flavor in Torino this uh, this upcoming season. Alright,
0: and then so on the subject of, of playing in Europe and everything, we saw last year guys like JP Tokoto were playing in, in Australia, and now he is back in the NBA Summer League attempting to, to get that NBA contract, but just overall, you know, what's your kind of take on, on that, Sean? Do you agree that the European leagues have gotten much more competitive recently, and maybe some more players are seeing them as really viable places to play professional ball.
1: Yeah, it's been, you know, a, a few years ago, I didn't really follow the international game at all, but I've I've kind of gotten into it a lot more over the, the past few years. And it's always fun, you know, kind of seeing a lot of guys you, you watched, you know, for four years in college that you kind of forgot about and seeing all of a sudden where they're playing overseas. And I think one of the things we've seen over the past few years is usually, if you you know you, you kind of give the nba a try for you know 2 to 3 years and and if that didn't work out you're going over to europe and you were kind of staying in europe but i think we started to see where you know you can start in europe and make it back to the nba or you can start in the nba or g league and if you play well overseas teams will will give you a look and i think uh, we saw that with the pelicans and and celtics bringing over some european or guys that played in europe last year but you know jp he he was kind of hanging on and in the G League and and kind of getting you know getting the summer league workouts but last year he decided to uh, go play in Australia and get some playing time and probably make a a better salary than, than what was being offered in the G League so usually you know a lot of guys will try to you know play in the G League or the two ways and and chase the NBA dream and then you know they'll kind of go overseas to ideally get you know a better contract but you can kind of go through the different leagues and different countries, and you'll be amazed at some of the names you hear. You know, you have Peyton Siva that was playing for the second best team in Germany. You have Shane Larkin previously was was playing. And you can kind of go through all these leagues and you're going to see, um, you know, former college stars or, or former NBA players playing, playing in them.
0: So what are some of the top leagues in Europe right now, Sean? I mean, I know that the spanish league is supposed to be really competitive but when you're looking at kind of them in general you know where are those top ones where guys do make a little bit higher salaries than elsewhere
1: yeah so i mean in, you know each each country has their own league and then there's also international leagues where teams and say germany are playing spain and and really, there's four levels of that. The Euro League, which is the the top league, and that's where Luka Doncic was was playing, who, who will be coming over to the the NBA. And you know, usually that's where a lot of the the former NBA guys go. And if you're playing in that league, you know, for the most part, you're probably going to be getting a, a nice uh, mid six figure salary with your your house paid for, um, you know, your meals and a lot of your expenses. So that's kind of the ideal target is playing in that that Euro League where. You're still playing in a very um, competitive environment. And then you kind of drop down the Euro Cup, which is the second, I'd say, most talented international league. And that's actually where Marcus Page and Michael McAdoo will be playing this year along with playing in italy and and playing in serbia and once again peyton siva for example was was playing in that league this year and i'm, I'm trying to uh, uh scotty wilbekin that, that's the name i was blanking on he actually played for the euro cup championship team uh, that was coached by david blatt the ex-cavs coach and I think Scotty ended up dropping 40 points in the championship game or something crazy like that. So that's the league that Paige and and Michael McAdoo will be playing in. And unless they make it out of their pool play, they won't match up with each other, but still a very competitive league and, and somewhere where the teams all have, you know, pretty comfortable, comfortable salaries at that level. But, you know, you can drop down to, say, a Switzerland or an Austria or a Finland where, you're still getting pretty competitive basketball, and the salaries will, you know, kind of really drop down to, you know, anywhere from $1.2,000 a month to four thousand a month, you know, with your housing paid for. But there's definitely a big, uh, can be a big gap in some of these leagues. You know, take Germany for example, where the top team, Bayern Munich or Albert Berlin, is is getting guys for the four hundred five hundred thousand dollars, and the, the lower ranked teams are, are going for fifty to to seventy five so, thousand dollars. Wow. Definitely, you know, a a big discrepancy, but if you can find a a good situation, especially when you're not paying for housing, that can definitely help you uh, start increasing your bank account.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there are way worse things than making around six figures in Europe, especially if you're in a pretty nice European city with, like you said, your housing and a lot of amenities paid for. So I, I can definitely see the appeal there.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one thing I I saw a little bit more this year was a lot of guys, especially rookies, were playing in the G League and, you know, their season finishes pretty early. They only have a five month season, so they would finish in March and then they would hop over to Europe and try to join up with a team that was going to make the playoffs in one of these big leagues of Spain, Germany, Italy, Greece, Turkey, Russia and or you know a team trying to avoid relegation so if you finish depending on the league if you finish at the bottom you might be getting relegated down to the second tier league so there was kind of a place for a lot of the G League guys this year that were going overseas at the end, but it'll be interesting to see how they how they both do. You know, for for Paige, I think there's really a lot less American players in, in Serbia. Uh usually the top teams will will definitely nab, you know, some some top guys, but it's going to be a lot different than say Italy, which just changed their rules where you can have six import players. So I think on on McAdoo's team, you know, they have him, I believe, Keely Cotton, Royce White. I think they're getting Tony Carr, the Penn State shooting guard who was drafted in the second round. So they went from kind of a a subpar 500 team last year to all of a sudden loading up with Americans and and trying to turn themselves into one of the, the powerhouse Italy teams.
0: And then over the years, you know, what are some names that Carolina fans may recognize that have played abroad as far as former Heels because... I mean, I know last year there were guys like Sean May that you mentioned. I think even, was Jawad Williams still playing abroad?
1: Yeah, well, so I, I know Jawad was playing for a while in, in Europe and, and France. And I think actually last year he was playing over in, in Japan, which usually when people think of basketball in Asia, they think of China and Stephon Marbury and a lot of these NBA guys getting million-dollar contracts. But uh, Japan's actually been improving as of late, getting a lot of, you know, kind of good rookies or good veteran players. So Jawad was, was over in Japan. You know, Rayshawn Terry, he's been bouncing around, but I think he actually ended up in, in South Korea. And, you know, South Korea, another guy, Deontay Burton from Iowa State, ended up playing there this year. And I don't know for a fact, but I've heard rumors that, you know, they basically get 25000 bucks a month <laughs> um, <Wow. laughs> to play basketball. And it's not the most competitively but if you're getting that type of money that, that can certainly be nice and then you have you know Tyler Hansbro he ended up playing in in China and and did pretty well in that league which only averages two americans per team and then you had will graze is playing over in israel you know even uh desmond hubert found his way into into canada i don't think he was getting that much playing time but really kind of for carolina the one guy that's had a lot of success overseas is Dion thompson yeah um, so he's been kind of bouncing around really the main the main league since he, he got in there, playing in, in Germany, Israel, uh, I think Serbia, Turkey, and most recently Spain. And a lot a lot of the years he's been playing in that EuroLeague and Euro Cup level. So, you know, he's turned his, you know, never really sniffed the NBA, but he, uh, I would say he's been making a nice, nice living overseas and has been uh, been performing quite well with all the various teams. I think averaged about 12 points a game this past season in Spain.
0: Oh, and then you had guys like Ty Lawson that started off playing in China as well.
1: Yep. So he got signed with the the Wizards, and there's rumors about him joining in during the All Star break. And I don't know if it was because of his Chinese contract or what the holdup was, but he didn't end up joining them until really the the playoffs started. And I, you know, he, he did pretty well, and it will be interesting to see if he he lands on a team, you know, in in the NBA this year because I think he he definitely had some some strong games in the playoffs, but you know a few other UNC players just to to mention Justin Knox was was playing in in Italy and then you have Joel James he was playing in Japan and and I know I always see him on social media and, and posting some some funny photos over there but you Even have uh, Dexter Strickland and everybody's favorite Rashad McCants, who is playing over in, in Lebanon after uh, his his big three debut last year. And then you know one other guy to to mention is Jalik Felton, who obviously did not have the UNC career that that people were hoping for, but he ended up signing overseas with a team in Slovenia, uh, one of the top teams over there. So he'll be making his international debut this year, which will be interesting to to watch from afar and they'll be playing in a pretty decent international league as well. The, the basketball champions league. So that's kind of like the, the third tier but if you play well in that league you can easily get picked up by one of the top EuroLeague teams but a lot of NBA teams will you know they, they obviously focus on what's going on overseas and if a player has a good year they'll definitely bring him over for if you're lucky a contract but a lot of times a kind of a, a look in summer league so I could see that happening with him just you know everybody knows him from his being a McDonald's All-American player and and Raymond's nephew and have kind of heard about him over the years so I could see that happening for him if he has a a good season.
0: Well, and and it definitely sounds that one of the advantages to Europe is that there's a lot of fluidity. So it's like you said, like if you have guys that are doing really well, they can really get rewarded for that rather than, you know, in the NBA where it's more difficult than people realize to actually trade people, especially with the salary matching rules and and all of that. So if you are someone that's trying to make a name for yourself, the upward mobility I'm sure would appeal to a lot of players.
1: Yeah, no, you're definitely right on that. If if you play well, you'll get noticed and can can move up very quickly. You know, I think a guy, probably not a name most people will know, but Kendrick Ray, he was I think first team all sun last year, played for uh, one of the top teams in the Czech Republic. So, was probably making, you know, say $4,000 a month, but did well and he got signed by the top team in Israel. So, went from you know, four thousand dollars a month to probably about forty thousand dollars a month just by averaging thirteen, fourteen points at a efficient rate. So you can definitely, definitely move up. And a lot of time, you know, a lot of these contracts are for a year. You know, sometimes they'll be for two and three, but three is definitely on the rarer side. So you know, there's a lot more fluidity as as you mentioned. And then also, you know, there's buyouts and you know, it's it's fairly easy to move teams uh during the year before kind of the the trade window ends, which is usually anywhere from,
0: you know, February through April for some of these leagues. All right. And then to wrap up the the podcast, Sean, when you're looking at the guys that were playing in, in the NBA Summer League, who are some of the names that you anticipate we may see join European teams? Like I'm thinking of guys like Bryce Johnson that unfortunately was not able to land on a team for the summer. Who are some other potential names that are kind of on your radar for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, Bryce is definitely in, in an interesting situation, you know, just two years ago was a, a first round pick and got injured. So it didn't really work out with the Clippers and was traded and then traded again and cut and not picked up for the summer league. So, you know, does he try to stick it out and, you know, does a team sign him to a G League or does he go overseas where I think a lot of teams would... Be looking for a guy like him uh so i think that'll be interesting situation along with kennedy meeks who had a good good year in the g league this past season so you know definitely those guys and i assume jp tokado will will end up somewhere it will be interesting to see if he goes back to australia or if he goes to one of these um european teams but I'd say those are the guys off the top of my head, you know, also seeing hopefully Joel and, and Theo get picked up, whether it's a two-way or, you know, a, a draft tryout or something going forward on, on the NBA level.
0: All right. Well, Sean, what's uh, coming up on, on your podcast then, man? Let's go ahead and get a quick preview for that.
1: Well, that, that's that been a little quiet for the past few weeks, so I need to pick that back up. But, you know, really enjoyed the coverage that Sherelle and Ben had from from Peach Jam and I haven't been able to make it back there for a few years, but that's easily the best event I've gone to. And the amount of detail they brought to that week was amazing. And, you know, the second live period will be a little different with Nike not running a big event and kind of the events not being concentrated in the in the same places. So I'm very curious to see where Roy and the staff, who they uh, put their attention to and, and where they end up. But there is a the Adidas event down in, they say Los Angeles, but down in, in Southern California. So I got to see the first live period, the opening day of Adidas, but that was only the kind of the regional. So I will be getting hopefully to see a lot more of the guys
0: there and, and have a report for you uh, next week. All right, awesome. Well, Sean, thanks again for joining me, man. And we will definitely speak soon. There's a lot of basketball still to be, to be played this summer. So, for everyone out there, stay tuned to Inside Carolina and the Sean Mo Hoops podcast for all of your news. Thanks again, man. All right, thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.